0: Welcome everybody, Phil Wineland here with It Films. I'm ready to talk some news and give you my movie reviews in the world of film. And uh, I'm very excited to uh, kind of record another episode even though uh, it has been very difficult to kind of find new material um, without trying to go streaming. Um, You know, there's some streaming options out there. There's some things going on, um, but it's just been really kind of difficult as... um, You know, what we're seeing with COVID, it's really messing up the entertainment business. Um, it's interesting uh, right now going on in movies and um, TV. Uh, movies are starting to really find their way back. Um, I know California kind of laid down some new guidelines and things to kind of restore filming because certain projects were able to get back up and up and running, but not every everything was back to normal for them, or at least a sense of normal, because really nothing's back to normal. If you think it is, well, there's something wrong with you. But anyway, um, the, the thing that's happening, though, in California is they, they finally have certain guidelines lines and some things that now are going to allow the television aspect uh, over there in uh, California to kind of work on trying to get um, TV back up and going because there's a lot of our our favorite shows right now that aren't playing and so um, even CBS is having to do movie night um, basically on Saturdays um, until college football you know they get the prime time prime time football games but anyway um they're gonna have to also show uh some movies and things like that so and reruns until uh, 2021 i believe is when they're suspecting that you're gonna see some of your favorite shows on tv one of my favorites right now is young sheldon and i'm in the process of watching all the episodes from the previous three three seasons um so that's gonna come in 2021 with season four and then the flash season seven is coming in uh 2021 as well Um, So hopefully they're going to get started filming that in the next month or so, and then we can start seeing some episodes probably uh, debuted in January and the idea also with like Supergirl, which is in its last and final season. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to we're going to see what television will bring and offer. Um, I do have a movie. Uh, I, I, I kind of—it's kind of a movie review. It's not a movie review. It's more of a ranking of Star Wars, and we're gonna get to that uh, near the end of the show. So, but I want to get into some movie news right now. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in um in the movie world right now. Uh, one of the biggest headlines right now in the movie world is uh, No Time to Die, James Bond, starring. That dude who was in Star Wars. Yes, that guy who played a Stormtrooper. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, so as I'm being facetious here, uh, Daniel Craig, who is uh, going to be in uh, James Bond's, his final movie as James Bond, Daniel Craig, is going to be... Um, uh, being playing James Bond it was supposed to come out in the summer um, but then COVID hit and that just really messed with everything in tw- uh, summer 2020 then it started to come out in November and then there was concerns about you know consistency uh, you know Tenet got released so Tenet kind of messed some things up um, some good and some bad I mean Tenet was kind of the big release film like let's get this going let's do it let's go But the problem was is Tenet comes out, and it didn't make as much money as they had suspected. The turnout wasn't as great for the movie theaters, and so a lot of the new big releases um, have been pulled back. Until at least December of 2020. So, um, and I'm hoping Wonder Woman stays in December, but it's looking uh, not so good. But anyway, um, James Bond moves again, and it's going in to be in April of uh, 2021. And and I and I get it. I understand it. It's a it's a bummer because there are a lot of fans. And look, I'm not the biggest James Bond fan. That doesn't mean that I don't love and respect the character. I don't. That I love certain movies. Uh, certain adaptions. I think there have been too many films, if you want my honest opinion. But this is the twentieth fifth installment, and uh, it's going to be Daniel Craig's last movie. I believe this is his fifth movie, if I'm correct. I think it's number five. So um, it's pretty good, you know, and uh, he's going to go, I think, on top. And everybody's, you know, talking Raven. This thing looks awesome. The trailers have been great. So everybody wants to see this film. Even I want to see this film. Uh, but um, it's just, it does not look good um for its release there's a lot of concern about whether or not this is going to make it um in april even that but who knows um you know i'm hoping i'm you know really hoping but there's just so many things up in the air right now. But because No Time to Die moved to April, so did Fast and the Furious. It moved into uh, Memorial Day, which is um, going to be pushed in May. And that's fine. Fast not, I, and honestly, I think Universal was smart. The Universal's been the big winner here. They they realize, you know what, things are going to be messy. Um, let's go ahead and get trolls out there. Kids are going to want to see it. We, I think we can score some money on that. I think they made the right call. I don't know if they, you know, would have made up as much money if they did in theaters, but at least they, I think they made some money back, which is good. Um, you know, during the pandemic, and then I think with the rest of their movies like Fast Nine, like we're not dying to see Fast Nine just yet but by twenty twenty one I think we will be, and so that's kind of the 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 line of thinking that Universal is going with of like hey let's let's consider this let's let's look at the future of movies and think about okay, is this the smartest decision to try and release it during this pandemic and they, you know they they got criticized a little bit for you know why would they push fast nine why would they push Fast Nine? There was a lot of criticism for that, but they were right. They made the right call because there was so much uncertainty, and uh, they, they they're coming out the winners right now. Um, so and then even Black Widow just got moved, you know, again for the um, for the second time. So it's in May. So I, I I get it. I understand. It's tough right now. I wouldn't want to be in the movie industry. So let's hope that things work out. But uh, again, it's going to be in uh, a, a, a We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, Witches. How about Witches? It's going to be debuting um, on HBO Max. It was, I believe, supposed to come out in late October. Um, it's a remake of the, uh, I want to say what year was the original Witches? Let me look at that real quick. Um, the original Witches, which is that movie about uh, the kids finding out about uh, this secret society of witches that uh, 1990. I was cl- I was thinking 1988 or 1989, but I was pretty close. But um, but it, it basically was about these kids discovering um, that the secret society of witches. And um, if you remember in the film, <coughs> that uh, when the kids, uh, c- you know, found out about the witches, um, so he is um turned into a mouse and so is his i think of his friends as well and so uh they did a remake i think they did an updated version of it and it starts saying hathaway and uh, it actually has a lot of interesting stars in it um let me octavia spencer's in it so really good actress really good actress uh, i'm really excited for um to see this movie because she octavia is in it uh let's see here who else is in this movie chris rock apparently is in it there's his role is under wraps there's not a lot of um understanding but i i want to say in the original i think there was a narrator he might be the narrator so um there's a, so that's possible i don't know i'm not 100 percent sure it's been a long time since i've seen the original uh but uh we have uh Stace, stanley tucci's in it um, so he he's also in it as well. Jonathan Livingstone's in it, so there's a few big names here, and it's uh, it's gonna be cool. It's gonna see we're gonna see what happens, but I think it's smart by uh, Warner Brothers and HBO. I think just go ahead and just you know release it on HBO Max and let's check it out there. And I think it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. It's gonna come out. I think next week if I'm correct. So that's gonna be good for Halloween. Uh, If you're a Stranger Things fan, uh, they're going to resume filming uh, pretty soon for season four. Good for you. I'm happy for you. That's great. Awesome. Um, Because honestly, I don't care. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Gosh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to do some some thinking as far as what else is going on. Uh, There's some other news about um, uh, looks like as far as TV goes, um, if you're a big fan of The Boys, uh, that season's out. Uh, So uh, if you're a big fan of that, that's out right now. So you can check that out. Um, There really isn't too much uh, movie news. There's some rumors going around in Marvel um, that um, it's interesting because like, I don't know if these are true or not. Again, this is all speculation, but there's talks for the Spider-Man 3 movie that Jamie Foxx, who was in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 as Electro, um, is going to come back and play Electro in Spider-Man 3. Now, whether this is true or not, I don't know. Um, This is all speculation. I know that it really bothered some people with Amazing Spider-Man 2, and it wasn't necessarily just Fox. I mean, Fox, you know, he had an interesting take, um, when it came to uh, playing Electro, and uh, especially uh, when he played his character um, Max Dillon, it was a little bit odd and awkward and kind of weird. Um, and also, the the look of Electro is a bit off from what you've seen in the comic books. But honestly, Jamie Fox wasn't the biggest problem with that film. There was just a, it was it was just heavy, with a lot of them trying to set up the uh, Sinister Six and. And then also, too, um, quickly making uh, Harry Osborn and The Green Goblin. That kind of got a little weird and crazy. And then I understand a lot of people didn't like the fact that, spoiler alert, Gwen Stacy dies in that one. But here's the thing. It happened in the comics. Like, come on. Like, do a little history before you go re- watch a movie. I'm just I'm just saying. If you know it's a Spider-Man movie, you know it's a comic book movie, do a little research. Figure out what's going on, folks. Come on. Anyway, but that's just me. I'm, I'm a little bit on that side like i thought it was fine and then also there was a few directing aspects and um uh not gonna (laughs) lie but paul giamatti should not have played the character he did and the whole rhino thing didn't work at the end so but that's just me however there so there is speculation that um that he will come back and he's supposed to play electro in um, the new Spider-Man thing. But here's the thing, if this is true, if Jamie Foxx is going to be in Spider-Man 3, in the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that means we're doing a little bit of a crossover of the Sony films. Because the Sony films do not match with the Marvel films. They're not in the same universe. They don't play in the same universe. However, in the comics... This is where it's going to make some sense. In the comics, the um, Spider-Man has what is called the Spider Verse, and there are different versions of Peter Parker as Spider-Man throughout the Spider Verse in different universes. And so, and then that's kind of where Miles Morales is in kind of in this. He discovers. He comes from a different universe as well. Um, and then where he's Spider-Man and Peter Parker died. Um, then there's Gwen Stacy, a spider girl or spider woman, however you want to put it. There's a spider woman. So there's just still multiple versions of Spider-Man in, in this big Spider-Verse. So there's the speculation uh, because of the success of the Into the Spider-Verse movie, the cartoon animated film that came out with Sony because of that there was some inspiration uh, to by Kevin Feige and what helped maybe consider Sony and them to what may have helped them uh, stay together because you know there was the, 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 there was that fight well Spider-man's out you know in game's over we, you're not having Spider-man back Sony was like nope nope and then and uh, Marvel uh, after Marvel tried to, you know, change the contract and be like, well, we want him back, but you we're going to get a bigger cut of the films, um, instead of, yeah, foo and you, Sony, and, um, there, it was a bit of a negotiation tactic, and both of them, you know, got hammered for it, and, um, on both sides, but, you know, the fans spoke up, and they, they were like, no, we want Tom Holland stay in the MCU, and, and I, you know, and so, honestly, you know, Sony's trying to build their own Spider-Verse, and, um, you know, Marvel wants Spider-Man. So here's what they did. I think there's a compromise. And I know they haven't gone into full detail about this, but I think what they're going to do is Marvel's going to help Sony set up their Spider-Verse. And I think let Spider-Man play in his own little universe in the Spider-Verse and um, and uh, allow them to reference Marvel movies in their Spider-Verse. That's, that's my speculation. This is what I'm thinking. And how they're going to do it is by... Uh, in the next Spider-Man 3 movie, because everybody was thinking, oh, this is going to be Sinister Six. That's what they're doing. I think you don't have enough characters to set up Sinister Six. Um, there's just not enough time. They're, they're, you need more of a buildup. And, and I think um, what they're doing is smart by having Venom. They did a Venom film with Sony. They did, they're now doing a Morbius film, The Vampire, um, a famous vampire from uh, Spider-Man as well as Blade. So to me, I think, I think they're trying to do individual villain films to set up the movie Sinister Six. Six, um, but um, I think you what I think the the best idea, in my opinion, for them is to um, for the next Spider-Man three movie is set up, uh, use this use. What uh, one movie that they're already doing right now as a way to transition into this version of the film, and that film that I'm talking about is Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. What you can do there is you can bring Andrew Garfield, Sam Raimi, um, Spider Man, Toby Maguire, take them, bring them into the mul- from out of the multiverse. So they're different universes, they're different versions of Peter Parker and you put him in the MCU for that movie and then the Spider-Man 3 movie. And here's the thing, I'm I, then that makes sense with Electro. And then and what you could also do is you can bring other villains from the Spider-Man 3 um or Spider-Man Sam Raimi universe into as well as Spider-Man 3 if you wanted to as well. Um, that to me makes sense. That makes more sense that what explains why Jamie Foxx's version of Electra would be in uh, meeting, in contact with um, with Tom Holland because cuz that's Andrew Garfield's villain technically is his version of Spider-Man. So I think that's what they're doing is doing a Spider-Verse because it makes sense because you have Sam Raimi directing the next Doctor Strange movie, Multiverse of Madness. How cool would it be to bring in those two Spider-Men? They, they Doctor Strange and uh, I believe, um, oh, Elizabeth Olsen, who plays Scarlet Witch, is going to be in that one. They bring those Spider-Man into this MCU, and then they have to interact with Tom Holland's Spider-Man in order to save the Spider-Verse. And I think that would be cool. I think that'd be neat. And uh, to have those two uh, Spider-Man uh in the, in the in spider-man 3 so i i think it'd be cool i i would love to see it um is that really the direction they're going i don't know but it's definitely going to be it will be telling i think we'll know that's somewhat the direction they're going when we see jamie fox whether or not jamie fox is going to come back as electro because if he does come back as electro I'll be very, I wouldn't be shocked if Andrew Garfield, we heard something at least about Andrew Garfield. Tobey Maguire, maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, but I'm definitely going to put money on that Andrew Garfield makes an appearance somewhere in either Spider-Man 3 or uh, Doctor Strange and Madness. But at least in Spider-Man 3. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of just doing some brainstorming some things here. Trying to get this, uh, wrap this around my head. Why would they bring in Jamie Foxx, bring back Jamie Foxx? Uh, as Electro when he was in a different universe of uh, in the Sony universe but I do think that they at least I do think that they're trying to uh, Marvel uh, Kevin Feige is trying to help Sony set up their Spider-Verse and ultimately kind of work together to to keep Spider-Man in the MCU but also um, because Spider-Man has two more movies by the way in the MCU and one of them is Spider-Man 3 so so I think that's kind of the the deal that they're trying to work out and, and I hope it works. I hope it works out well and I I love I love Tom Holland Spider-Man. I love I love 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 Tom Holland Spider-Man. He's the best. He rocks. All right. Uh that is going to do it for the news portion. Now let's get into uh talking about uh my ranking system for Star Wars movies. Now here's the thing. Look, um so I I did go to the movies. I've seen uh, you know, New Mutants. I saw Tenant. Um, I'm trying my best to go to the movies. The problem with the AMC right now is that they've only um got on the week on Fridays, and throughout the rest of the from Monday through Friday, they only have one showing time for per movie. Uh, they don't have multiple times. It isn't until like Saturday, Sunday you get to multiple times, and it's unfortunate. I think the reason why part of it has to do with uh, crowd control, and I think the other part of it is, if you want my honest opinion, easy to clean, which makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, you can. It's a lot easier with. Uh, you only have to hire three people or four people to uh, to run the the show, and they uh, they they just do their cleaning, and and then they're you know they get in and get out, and that makes sense. I get it. Uh, and there's no big new releases, so they're not having to worry about trying to make a certain amount of money. It just stinks for the consumer, especially those who really want to go to the movies. Like myself, an A-list member, it's hard for me to use my A-list account if I don't have multiple movie times. So it's tough. But anyway, uh, I went to go see Empire Strikes Back, which this is the cool thing about AMC right now is they're showing some old movies along with some new movies. Because some of the movie new movies we have, they're just like one of the – I mean, one's still *Tenant*, tenant's still playing, which is great. Don't get me wrong. I urge you to go see it. Tell me what you think tweet me at phil wineland i'll give you my thoughts um but i I, i'm not ready to see it again and i want to see other movies and unhinged to me is like i don't want to i live you know certain road rage moments i don't want to watch that (laughs) as entertainment that doesn't sound fun to me so i'm gonna you know and i don't want to see new mutants again it's a short movie i mean it was good the first time i saw it i really don't want to go through it again so you know So I I was like, okay, I really want to see, I I don't mind seeing an old movie that I've seen before, um, but I want to see it in theaters. And one of those movies that they had airing was, um, because 40 years ago, in 1980, the greatest movie of all time, in my opinion, Empire Strikes Back hit the theaters. And Empire Strikes Back, I have only seen once in theaters, and that's when they re-released it in 1997 with the updates, which was amazing, um, though, um, I'm not going to lie, they did alter a lot of those movies and some of the alterings were great, some of them were not. Some of the special effects, you're just like, why George Lucas? And part of it was... George Lucas had new technology, and he wanted to play with it, and that's fine. It's his movies; it's his right. So, anyway, uh, but *Empire Strikes Back* was back on the big screen, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go see it, and I loved it. I loved watching *Empire Strikes Back* on there. I'll tell you something. You can fight me on this, but it's my—it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's my number one movie of all time because I'll tell you something: it's got action, it's got comedy, it's got the sci-fi element, it's got the fantasy element, it's got the romance, it's got great dialogue, it's got—it's a, a great flow. It's—it's—it's it's, it's one of those movies where it has. It's not predictable all the time, or at least if you've seen it for the first time, it's not predictable. Um, and then it's got new characters, new planets, new everything. I mean, it's just to me, it is the perfect film. Uh, I can watch it from beginning to end and enjoy every single moment, every single scene. And and now I I mean I re- I go back and rewatch it, and yes, there are certain elements that are still dated, like some of the technology and also some of the acting. I didn't realize, I forgot. Um, there is one scene. Um, where the the first admiral uh, gets choked out by vader because he failed him and i'm not gonna lie the dude's acting is not the greatest (laughs) i've seen so many guys getting choked out or die on screen and his was probably one of it wasn't very good it wasn't very good because it was just like uh, 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 really trying to sell it like dude just go down just it just go down just 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 it's over just go Anyway, but because uh, there's actually one part where they he chokes out another uh, character, it's Captain, and that dude plays it out great. You're like, dude, I sense it. I see the veins. I see. I was like, dude, that was good acting. But then the first guy was like, uh, okay, all right, well. All right. It kind of hurt, but see when, and that's the problem is when one guy doesn't do it right, it hurts the character of Vader because Vader is amazing. That scene's supposed to be so powerful because, because like, Vader can have a conversation with the new admiral. While he's choking out the other guy, so it's like that's how strong he is. But um, that was a little bit disappointing to watch. But it's still like I accept it, you know. It is what it is. It's um, you know, I mean, it's ninety nine point nine percent perfect. But anyway, um, but I love, I love Empire Strikes Back. It's my favorite Star Wars movie. So I'm gonna rank the movies um, from number uh, from number twelve to one, which obviously duh, Empire to me is number one. But you can at least try to see where my number two is um i'm gonna go through it uh you tell me what you think you can always uh tweet me at, at phil wineland um some of you who follow me on facebook can always uh, let me know what you think but uh, um, i'm gonna go ahead and start with the obvious number 12 uh to me it's uh, clone wars the movie nothing against clone wars the movie it's not terrible uh i mean it's it's not a lot of people love it because um uh, when it's the first time we see ahsoka and she's kind of a whiner and I know some people were like, what is who is this? Who's a soaker? And it didn't took until the week it didn't take until the actual Clone Wars um uh series came out that we actually were like, Oh, okay, well this uh this this is good. So um so to me, Star Wars the Clone Wars um movie was great uh i was not that great sorry <laughs> the the show was great the sh- the movie not so much it, it it's it's really not that bad when i watch it but it is a kid it's more generated for kids and uh it, it there's certain elements i'm like eh. it's okay but um but the only re- and honestly i wouldn't even put it on the list if it wouldn't even released in theaters so to be honest with you but uh number 11 is Attack of the Clones. So Attack of the Clones. Uh I can't I can't watch that movie sometimes. Um it is uh it's a very hard watch. Uh the first two acts of it are just awful. Um there's so many elements. It's the first time we see Hayden Christensen and look, I am not uh a Hayden Christensen apologist here. Um I I I am not like I I am not like one who's going to be like Hayden Christensen was the best. How could you like what? He's so great as Anakin. Like I'm not gonna I'm not going to be that guy. But I'm definitely was like okay. I am kind of glad he took over because the the other kid um who played and it's not his fault at the time. I mean he was like ten years old, but um um who was it uh jack lloyd jake lloyd jake lloyd was just i I, i'll look at that later with phantom menace but uh he just was to me not a very good anakin but um the thing was hayden hayden i liked elements of hayden because he 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 he, he had these good faces over his anger he played anger really well uh, especially with um with uh with Anakin uh but this but him and Natalie Portman just did not really I just didn't sense it the vibe wasn't there the chemistry wasn't there and what didn't what didn't help was the dialogue the dialogue in Attack of the Clones is just awful it's so stupid and it's just like oh my gosh and I felt that so bad for Ewan McGregor because he's a good actor and it's like dude you had to read these lines oh my goodness but anyway the story was just a little weak from the beginning You didn't know exactly what the direction was because, you know, instead of it being like, hey, we're going to go fight the Sith. It's basically, no, we're protecting Padme from getting killed. And so Anakin's having to be her personal bodyguard and they don't like each other because they think differently. But then they start to really like each other and think that, you know, okay, yeah, I get it. I understand you. And they start to fall in love. After they get captured, well, you know, trying to help Obi-Wan, it's like, oh my gosh, it's so bad. Uh, the It does have some good elements, too, at the end, where the fight with Dooku and Yoda, but it's just, to me, I, I, I thought, I really wanted to see the, the it's called Attack of the Clones, and we don't get the clones until, like, the end, and I really wanted to see the clones fight earlier. So that thought that was a bit of a disappointment, so, in my opinion... Um. Then my number ten is Solo. I actually really like Solo. Um, it's a really fun film. Um, it definitely is uh, steps outside the trilogy, um, in the, or the sorry the Skywalker saga. Um, but to me, you know, it, the reason why I put it at ten is that you know the 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 drama with um with the whole Ryan Howard having to come in, um, and you know had to. Replace Lord Miller as directors to me that really hurts the film. And look, I think Lord Miller could probably created a really fun and creative movie because what Ron Howard put together. I mean, it seemed like the script was good, but it wasn't great. It, it, there, you know, I know that Lauren uh, Jonathan Casden and his dad Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote a lot about Star Wars and uh, wrote Star Wars and directed, I believe um, one of the movies, was really great uh, what he did, but it just. It, it was a little stale at times uh, the jokes didn't quite weren't as quite ha 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 hilarious and lord and miller to me i think would have been great but um other than that i, I thought it was a good fun film i enjoyed it i thought the story made sense um i thought the i i like the the idea the direction it was going but again it was kind of like the some of the character development uh was just a little lacking um and then also to um certain aspects as, as far as the humor and stuff was not not quite great. And I think there was a few scenes as well um, about, you know, setting up Solo and his background. I think his origin story was a little bit of a mess. Uh, Phantom Menace is number nine, episode one. Um, look, I, I, I know a lot of people are like, wait, Attack of the Clones is so much better than Phantom Menace. Totally disagree. Disagree. Yes, dialogue is not as great, too, in Phantom Menace. And yes, Jar Jar is in this more... And it's when we start to go. Why is this character here? He is so bad. He is so bad. But I think what I like about it is I love the relationship between Obi Wan and Qui Gon. To me, it's awesome. I thought I love Liam Neeson in this movie, and I love Ewan, Ewan McGregor in this movie. They do great. Um, I I like the I like how they kind of set up how they found Anakin. The pod race was fine. I enjoyed the pod race um like i said i am not a big jake lloyd fan i just really felt like he as a as a as an actor at that time as a kid and again i know he was 10 years old and to be fair honestly i was like you're gonna get what you get when you put a 10 year old in that situation to me i think what they should have done is they should have put a 12 year old in that situation get a much a little bit older actor and you know Natalie Portman. I want to say was like what fourteen when that movie was filmed. She was at least fourteen or fifteen when that movie was filmed. Because what was that nineteen ninety nine? No, no, no. She's well, she is a year older than me. Because when did when did it come out? Came out in nineteen ninety nine. So right around, gosh they started really filming that about 98 97 i want to say 98 i was 15 going on 16 so yeah she was about 14 when they filmed it so and jake was like 10 but i think if she you know her being 14 they should have put a 12 year old there made more sense with the age difference between the two so um honestly i felt like it would have been it would have been better in my opinion for her to um, to for jake to be to hire a different actor at 12 and um, that, but that again, that's George Lucas for you. And also, there are certain aspects like the, you know, there there are certain characters that that didn't speak English, but then there or basic is what it's called in Star Wars is English is basic. And then there's um, and then there were some alien characters that that did I think Jar Jar they should never have had him speak a word of basic or English. It should have been subtitles for him. And even some of the, the the Trade Federation, those characters, some of them should have just been not speaking basic at all. And that was just like subtitles please. So it was borderline offensive like making fun of like Asian culture or poking or fun at their, their language. It was just our dialects and it's like, oh gosh so anyway, but that, outside of that, outside of those problems, I enjoyed, I enjoyed Liam Neeson and I enjoyed Hugh McGregor and I loved the Darth Maul character, and I think the last act really helps with this movie, especially the uh the the end where the the big fight with Darth Maul. To me, that that whole those scenes are amazing, and when they have to cut away, I'm like, no, it's really good, it's getting good. They're oh man. I was really enjoying those scenes. So I am a huge, huge fan of that. Um, Love, 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 love those fight scenes. So that's where I rank Phantom Menace is number nine. Number eight, I put Rise of Skywalker. Nothing against Rise of Skywalker. But, you know, look, I love the ideas that they tried to put together, but it just felt like a very forced film. Um, to me, the new trilogy, there's certain aspects I love about it and there's a lot of things I'm just like, man, they missed the mark. And the only reason I put the new trilogy above the old the, the prequel trilogy is because the acting was better, is better and the, the writing is better. But the problem with ev- with everything is that they have great ideas, but they're just so jumbled and it didn't help that Kathleen Kennedy, basically went when went in without a plan basically um basically went ahead and said oh yeah you know we'll hire three different directors and they can have their own little film and it'll, it'll it'll come together that's not how you plan with star wars you don't do that you don't do that you gotta have a consistent flow of storytelling and uh to me it just it just rise of skywalker felt like because Last Jedi, whether you love it or hate it, it's not the worst film in the world. I thought it was overblown that there was uh, Star Wars fans who just came out and just blasted Last Jedi. Um, to me, I think Last Jedi, there are certain aspects that made sense. And there are certain things I didn't like. Yeah, the humor was felt not like Star Wars. It felt like MCU. And they're different. Trust me, they're different. But I still enjoyed the film. I thought it was enjoyable. I loved it. <clears throat> but... To me, I just felt like Rise of Skywalker was trying so hard to correct those mistakes. And J.J. was trying to finish it the way he envisioned it. And it, to me, it just felt like it, it just didn't come together. And I was very disappointed with Rise of Skywalker. Um, I enjoy a lot of aspects. The, even the Palpatine stuff doesn't bother me. I just felt like there was not a lot of setup and for that movie. And it just, it just, just was jumbled and, and not very well done at the end. Um, but I enjoy it a lot more. I can, I'll can i tell you something. I can watch Rise of Skywalker uh, a lot more than I can watch Attack of the Clones. And I prefer it over Phantom Menace. Um, even though that final fight scene of Phantom Menace is awesome. I still would rather watch Rise of Skywalker. Because again, Jake Lloyd. Sorry, Jake Lloyd. I understand you were 10 at the time. But sorry. That is on George Lucas. So anyway, number 8 was rise of skywalker number seven uh i put last jedi now look again last jedi i like that film i like last jedi i think it's great i think there's certain aspects about it i think it's a really well done film throughout the problem is it does in some elements doesn't feel like a star wars film feels like ryan johnson came in and was like yeah that's great i like star wars but i kind of envision star wars like this and then certain aspects i get it i understand You want to create your own movie, but you also have to protect the canon. You have to also tell a fluent story. It's not just you. It's also the team. It's the team. It's Lucasfilm, and that incorporates all the directors trying to film their other movies as well. You have to throw in their facts. You have to respect those movies, and to me, I did feel like that uh, Ryan Johnson didn't quite respect the process in that aspect and kind of went a different direction there are some really cool things there are some really cool things in the movie um i loved luke i loved his direction there there was some parts of luke of that i didn't like the whole you know drinking the milk thing and that was weird that was a bit weird um and then you know there was there's certain elements where the the, the final battle scene with kylo um just felt a, was a little bit weird on the whole like what's going on here like because at first you're like what why why does he have a light blue lightsaber isn't that ray then didn't that get destroyed and so you're kind of it threw you off but then the final reveal it it made sense and i loved that part but there were just so still certain parts i was like yeah i don't know about that so anyway but i enjoy it i just think that again uh the, the thing the other thing i didn't like was rose and finn um i i felt like there was they're, they're acting together. Their chemistry was great, as just like, hey, we're buds and we're on an adventure as buds and trying to figure this out. Like to me, that was fine. But then them trying to force Rose and Finn being a couple, like to me, I felt like that, eh. Because at the end, when Finn and Ray came together, I was like, that was the movie. That should have been the movie. Is that like Ray got in tr- like captured and then Finn has to save her? Like honestly, that should have been the movie, in my opinion. But <clears throat> But uh, you know you live with it, and also too the the Rose and Finn thing didn't quite uh, add up. And Maz Kanata they like they Maz should they kind of ruined that part. But I enjoyed a lot of aspects. I like the story, like Poe's journey in the story, Ray's journey in the story. I like the the Kylo Ren you know aspect as well. I enjoyed. I actually enjoyed Luke, and I think Luke made a, it made a lot of sense why Luke was uh, not in tap with the force because he had already gone through a lot with the force so i enjoyed it i thought it was great i i liked it but again where i the reason why i put it at seven and not any higher is continuity continuity issues the canon is important in star wars and if you don't protect it right it's gonna ruin your perception of the film and that that to me is where i i draw the line uh, number six, I do put Revenge of the Sith. Now, my son would probably put this number one. He's wrong, but that's why we don't listen to nine-year-olds. Okay? So I'm just gonna say it. Just gonna say it. He's nine years old. And that's also why we don't listen to also other kids who were who that all they know is Revenge of the Sith. Like I already got into a discussion with my high schoolers about this. They're wrong. How dare they? put revenge of the sith number one look revenge of the sith there's nothing wrong with the idea of the story i love the story of revenge of the sith i love the idea of anakin becoming um um darth vader but let's talk about it again the thing that hurts revenge of the sith is the dialogue it's george lucas come on dude what were you thinking could you have not hired somebody else to write the script seriously dude you could have and also directing could you have not also hired somebody else to direct it i mean come on george you can't do everything but anyway i love palpatine in this movie um i am a huge fan of ian mcdermott and i loved him in this one as palpatine and i loved how he his relationship with anakin i thought he did a great job this was hayden christensen uh, at his best as Anakin and I I loved his character and I loved the relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin there was some good chemistry between him and he, he and um Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen there again Natalie Portman not so much as Padme um and honestly her chemistry with with Hayden was was off but I just I just loved the whole aspect of the um of Palpatine slowly Working his way into the uh, into the Senate and corrupting it, and then finally turning the the Senate against the Jedi, and using the Jedi as the to blame for everything that's going wrong, and uh, and just the corruption aspect of it because it is, and in some ways it's, uh, the politics of that film are amazing, and it kind of is a reflection of what we're seeing, in even in our own American politics, is that sometimes. Men of power will abuse that power for their own will, and uh, and that's kind of what we saw with Palpatine. Is he was a Sith Lord, and it and and I'm not trying to compare a certain person, but it you know there are sometimes there are individuals who are going to mishandle leadership, and they come out of nowhere, and so we we have to be aware of that in our politics. And I love that 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 nobody suspected Palpatine. as a Sith Lord, and here he comes. He under the radar and controls the whole Senate and the whole government and turns it into an empire, and the Sith rule the universe. And there's just so many cool fight scenes. Um, it's when we do get uh, Grievous, General Grievous, and that was cool. And also I loved uh, the final fight scene with Obi-Wan and Anakin, and I, and I love there's more of the Clone Wars and Order 66. So there's a lot of cool stuff to it. But again the thing the reason why I don't put it in my top 5 is the dialogue is terrible in certain aspects especially with Padme and, and Hayden uh there's just a few lines like and scenes that I hate the part I don't like the scene with the younglings where they're like oh Mr. Skywalker there's too many of them and then it's like will you come to save you come to save us with the younglings or the young kids young jedi and there's Anakin. He's giving them the stare, and you're like, "Oh gosh, he's gonna kill these kids." And I hated that scene. I didn't need to see that scene. Come on, you could have just said, "Oh yeah, even the- what about the children? How they did they get out?" No, he got the children. That's all you had to say. That's You didn't have to show me that scene with the kids. I'm like, oh, no. And it just made me have a really bad look at, like, oh, no. Now I really hate Anakin. And uh, so that I did not like that. And also, too, when, uh, when Obi-Wan goes to Padme and Ewan McGregor has to deliver the line, he even killed the younglings. And I'm like, oh, what? Is it what? The way he delivered that line was just not very good. So that part I don't like. Um, and then, oh gosh, the other aspect I don't like is no. That's when uh, James Earl Jones comes on the scene as Darth Vader. That's when Hayden finally, uh, as Anakin, turns into Darth Vader. And he's like, what happened to Padme? Did she live? And he's like, no. You killed her uh, with your anger. <laughs> That's what Palpatine says to, to Darth Vader and he's like, but I no, no And I'm like, you really did not need to do that. Seriously. No. We did not need to put that in there. There's a there's another way. They could have shown like like him getting angry and just like destroying something with his with his with his with his, with his force power. Instead we get a no. I'm like, ugh. That is not Darth Vader. That is so not Darth Vader. Anyway, that, that was disappointing. And then also, too, uh, when when the, the birth of Luke and Leia, they're like, she's dying of a broken heart. Like, really? Really? How about the fact that, you know, maybe her husband, like, you know, attacked her with the Force? And maybe that's cutting, you know, that caused some damage. And the reason why she's, you know, and she's also giving birth, she's under a lot of stress. That's probably part of it. So, anyway, I just thought that part was. Uh, so, anyway, but I, I, I like Revenge of the Sith, but even though I have to sometimes remind my son, he's wrong. Um, number five is Return of the Jedi. I used to love Return of the Jedi. I think that Return of the Jedi was one of my favorites uh, for a very long time because I love the green lightsaber, I love the Jabba the Hutt scenes. I loved um, the the fights with Vader, the Palpatine in this one, the Death Star battle scene in Act 3 is awesome. So there, I, to me, Return of the Jedi was like, for a long time, I was like, as a kid, I was like, yeah, it's Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars. Like, that was my, th- my ranking. Return of the Jedi was number one. But now as I watch it, like, Empire still holds up. Like, you watch Empire... It holds up. I'm like, from beginning to end, I'm like, I can just appreciate it, love it. Return of the Jedi, not so much. It doesn't hold up as much. Ewoks being one, that was a big mistake. They should have gone Wookiees. Wookiees would have been so much better, so much cooler. Uh, but they went with cute, cuddly Ewoks, probably sell toys, whatever. Anyway, it's fine. I don't mind the Ewoks, but I know there's a lot of people who are pissed about the Ewoks. But anyway, um, that's one. Two, um... Just certain elements, like, just don't make sense. Like, how does the Millennium Falcon get into the the Death Star construction? How does it go th- to the middle of the Death Star? This is it's a very bulky ship. How does that happen? And then there's like you're seeing the 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 Falcon somehow is able to squeeze through, but these TIE fighters, which are a lot smaller, I mean, they're clunkier, but they're not smaller. Yeah, get tripped up and you know explode. I'm like, okay, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but that's one thing. And then the other thing is, there's a few errors in that film that just stand out. Like one, um, when George Lucas did the updated version, he obviously, I think one of the biggest problems with the original is the uh in the Jabba, the hut, uh, scene with all the dancers and stuff and the musicians. Uh, they, they have the musicians are puppets and the puppetry is not great and you're kind of like okay but it works to an extent well they totally redid that scene and it's awful they have like and you could tell it's totally g- computer generated even for 1997 I'm like dude this is awful and there's like they should have just kept the original scenes to me that was a pfft. that stinks And then the other aspect that that stinks is there's certain things that have been pointed out to me, like errors, um, like when I I can't stand the part where Han Solo and Lando are saying goodbye to each other because you're, you're seeing in the background, you're seeing the Millennium Falcon, but you could tell it's like a painted background. Like you could tell like they just, instead of like, actually being on set and showing them right in front of a a fully constructed millennium falcon they they just basically did like this little backdrop picture and i'm like and i and i get it i'm pretty sure they didn't want to like put the millennium falcon together again and they were like can we just you know like do like a picture or something and use some movie magic to make it look like it's in the background but I was like when I see every time I see I'm like dude you can clearly tell like they're that's a painted backdrop it's like come on like that's like TV stuff like i that kind of bothers me a little bit and then also too there's a few other errors like on the lightsaber like when he's uh, luke is fighting uh vader it's like it's there's a little mess up parts to it There's so there's a few editing issues but Other than that, I enjoy the film. I love it. It's in my top five, and it's part of the original trilogy, so that's why I put it in my top five. Number four is Force Awakens, and I loved Force Awakens. I thought it was great. I enjoyed it. I loved the new world building that they did. I loved Kylo Ren when we first met him. I loved the Ray character. Uh, Finn was one of my favorites. Poe was one of my favorites in that movie. It, to me I felt like it was yes I know people are like oh it's a rehash of Star original Star Wars yes in some aspects it does feel like a rehash but it, to me it's taking what I love from the original Star Wars and making it better and it really just made it work and I love the Rey storyline I loved Kylo Ren and to me when I watch that I just I get goosebumps watching the, those some of those scenes the final battle scene especially with Kylo Ren and uh Especially, uh, especially with Finn, I just love the line "Traitor," and he's like, "That lightsaber, it belongs to me." And then Finn's like, "Come and get it." And then they fight, and I'm like, "Dude, that's so awesome!" I'm in like theaters, like, "Yeah," and so I just certain element. And then the Ray and Kylo Ren battle is awesome, and and then Han Solo's in it. I'm a huge. Harrison Ford fan and the whole you know there's so many fun Star Wars lines in that movie and he's like how do you expect us to get this done we'll just use the force that's not how the force works I just love that I just there's so many fun great things I just loved it and it was a great way to start us back up again with Star Wars movies because had, you know we watched the prequels in 2003 we're like okay I guess that's all the Star Wars movies we're gonna get oh man and then here comes Force Awakens, and it just blows us out of the water. I saw that movie four times in theaters, and I love every minute of Force Awakens. I don't care what you think; it's in my top five. You could take that Revenge of the Sith lovers. Anyway, uh, number three is Rogue One. I love Rogue One. I love the generous Erso character. I love the the some of the background that they did. Um, I love the idea that they, you know, they took basically a, a few lines from the scroll. Uh, the very beginning of Star Wars where it talks about the rebel spy stealing the plans and they took that and um and they turned it into this full feature film and it works it works and it's a great film of, of really just expressing uh the meaning of the rebellion why was it so important for these guys to come together and fight. What were they fighting for? And the idea of hope and what did that look like? And Jen Urso and her her reason for rebelling and the way she did. And uh, Diego Luna playing uh, Cassian Endor. His reasonings for some of the things he did. And it really does show, like, I mean, there's certain aspects of the rebellion. Like, yeah, like, I don't fully agree with what the rebellion did. But they did it for a good cause because... The Empire was ruthless and Palpatine was a Sith. But even though that many people didn't know that, anyway, we knew as the audience, you knew it was like, well, oh, this is really corrupt and bad. And so I, I love that the Alan Tunic character is K two uh, five O. and then you had Danny Yan Donny Yan, sorry, Donnie Yan, um, in the movie as uh, and as well as uh, uh, Wen Jiang as force. Well, Donnie Wynn was kind of more of a force user, and it was uh Wen Jiang is kind of a believer as well in some of the force. Uh, they were great, and I just I enjoyed it. And uh, Riz Ahmed uh, was uh, the uh, the pilot who had the information. I, I just I, I enjoyed it, and um you know it really was cool to see Ben Mendel uh Mendelsohn as uh Orson uh Orson Krennic. Uh, you know him trying to defend his project, and then what was really cool. is having Forrest Whitaker in there playing Saw Gerrera, who is we got to know him from the Clone Wars, uh, you know, uh, cartoon, and it was really cool to see a little bit of Saw Gerrera a character from Clone Wars be in this film, and just just them able to you know get the plans and then take the plans to the rebel base, and um, and then also the the final fight scene of them trying to um you know of them are not t- getting the plans but I guess um, getting the information of the plans to the rebel base uh, and then them actually go getting the plans to actually transmit but anyway, I love the final fight scene the battles in space and just them trying to get the plans it was awesome I just love that whole mission. it was so cool and uh you know and honestly Vader vader was awesome in this movie he was he was so bad a man it was great especially the scene where he's just slaughtering dudes at the end trying to get uh go after those plans and um and a, a part of me i'm watching this thing is he's just going after these rebel dudes just chopping them left and right and i'm just like loving it and then at some point i'm going should i really be rooting for vader like that but then I'm like, dude, but that's Vader. That's so Vader. And that's just so cool. It just they're showing the power of Vader. Um, and so I, I love Rogue One. I, t- I think it's a great movie, um, and I enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's definitely in my top three. Number two is Star Wars. I have to put it at number two. Um, and look, I mean, as far as, you know, is it one that I'm, like, dying to watch all the time when it comes to all the Star Wars movies? Probably not. But I have to put it number two because what it did, you know, George Lucas, what he did in 1977 to just totally blow the doors um, off the off the hinges, um, he, you know, he did something that nobody has ever achieved. There was sci-fi films that, yes, that had come out, but the, the special effects, the graphics, the, the story. They didn't quite work, and people were like, eh, sci-fi's for losers, or sci-fi's this. Blah, who cares about sci-fi? Blah. And here comes George Lucas with this crazy idea about a kid meeting a space wizard and pirates and trying to you know, help out a princess who's at war with the government. And it's all set in space, and you're just like, this is got to be the weirdest thing, and yet it, it works! And you watch it, and you're just like, this is amazing. And, and, it, and it it was what created, it helped what create uh, what we call blockbusters today. Because, um, you know, people don't understand, like, when Jaws came out and some of those movies in the 70s, you know, people had to line up to see those movies. You know, it's not like today where we can just, you know, either go to the box office early, get our tickets, and then come back another time. no or or you could you have it on your phone you could buy it from your phone no like you you had to line up to get mo- to get movie tickets to for the next showings and so that's why they called it blockbusters because people would be like they would go see jaws they would go see star wars and they're like that was amazing do you want to see it again yeah let's get back in line and it's like this big long line and and it just went around the block and that's what's called blockbusters and so um the, the Star Wars helped create the blockbuster and just create this unbelievable uh, change in film and uh, open up the doors not just for their franchise but also other franchises and and gave the 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 illusion the idea that this can work that you can you can make these you can make sci-fi work in film and so I I have to give Star Wars number two and especially some of the scenes like with the Death Star and uh is just awesome and Han Solo is just great as Harrison Ford I'm a big fan of and so and uh Alan Tunic is uh not is uh is amazing as well Alan Guinness. Sorry, Alan Guinness, my bad, not tunic. Alan Guinness is great, amazing as well as Obi Wan. And then number one is Empire, like I said, I I you kind of figured knew that was coming. I just find it to be one of the perfect movies and it just has so many great lines like I know. And uh no i'm your father and no that's impossible like just so many great stuff no there is another like there's just so many great lines in that movie and just the action is great and i just i enjoy it who you calling scruffy looking you know let just love it i love that movie just love empire uh tooth and nail it's just one of the best and you know i i so many cool things in that movie, and that's why you know it's number one to me. It's just I, I, from beginning to end, I can watch it, and it just blows my mind. But there you go. There's my rankings of Star Wars. If you have your own rankings, and you want to let me know. Just always uh, comment on the SoundCloud, or always you know you can, um, uh, tweet me at Phil Wineland So, all right, that's gonna do it for the show. Um, I'm done uh, for this episode. Man, it was another long one. I'm sorry if I went too long, but hey, you know, I got a lot on my mind, and that's, you know, just kind of how I roll. So uh, that's going to do it. Hopefully i go see a new movie this uh, this upcoming week at AMC, but like I said, it's getting kind of tough. There's not a lot of great new releases coming out, but I'll do my best, see what's going on streaming, and try to find some things. But definitely uh, continue to listen to more Filner Films. See you next time.